poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, it's Tuesday, which means it's a very tactical day, and I am your host, Coach Brad Wilson, and I'm joined by Mr. John Chai. John, how you doing, sir? Doing good. Got a, a rare beginning to Tactical Tuesday episode where all the cards are face up before we've even done any analysis, but it's not an accident. It's not an accident. This is on purpose because from my perspective, it was an accident. I only realized that when you said it, <laughs> that all the cards were face up to start the show, but I'm guessing, yeah, what's the plan here? We've got a weird, weird episode today or, or a different episode. It's not going to be strategic in the sense of us, you know, trying to follow a solver output or, or um, you know, trying to find cool lines or good sizes versus regs. Uh, we are going to be talking today about how to adjust when you're playing versus the whaliest of whales. Um, what kind of stuff do you do pre-flop with your ranges? What kind of stuff do you do with your sizing? Um, so these hands were all actually played uh, last night, yesterday. Um, so they're all really, really fresh. Uh, happened to have, I'm pretty sure it was the same whale at two tables. Um, and yeah, I mean, the game's just like, the games just became really, really crazy because everyone was adjusting to this whale and then people start adjusting to the regs adjusting to the, to the whale. And so, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of kind of fun stuff that can happen when you get one of these player profiles at your table, even just one of them. Yeah, so you have kind of Moby Dick in your crosshairs and yeah. everybody's turning into mad Captain Ahab trying to exactly. trying to spear the whale. Exactly. Um, except for in this case, M Moby Dick generally is not as threatening and... Uh, disastrous to approach. Then, then I don't know, man. He him. he got pretty threatening at one point in these sessions. He <laughs> he, uh, he he mauled some some Ahabs <laughs> yesterday. Sucked them down into the deep <laughs> blue ocean. Um, okay, so the so... first few hands are just gonna kind of be an example of just like how whaley is this guy. Like, let me just give you give you some examples of like what we're dealing with, and then the um, after the break, we'll kind of go into my my hands. Your strategic. Uh, adjustments essentially based on yeah. observed data points so right now we're just going to watch right we're like kind of just visiting the the aquarium and yeah yeah, watch, yeah. watching this whale kind of do its right. whale-like behavior all right so this first hand um we have a button limp <laughs> this is not the whale <laughs> <laughs> okay this is like the seal that's in the tank with the whale randomly all right um so we have a button limp um and the whale raises to twenty dollars. John's playing five ten. The big blind three bets to ninety. The button limper folds. The whale. Oh boy! Oh my! They put all the money in, which is fifteen hundred. Uh, and the big blind has them covered. Um, and for the podcast listener, the Whale ISOed minimum from the small blind with four three of clubs and the big blind three bet with the ace king of clubs. I have to imagine that the big blind is not going to fold. And so we have a 
300 big blind pot. Flop is jack seven and the oof to four. Turn deuce, river five, and round one. Down goes, goes Ahab. <laughs> <laughs> Ahab smashed. I don't know about you, but when I get this flop and I see the four, I'm just screaming hold for the fish for the whale as hard as I can. I probably want this four three to hold more than my own hands when I'm, you know, flipping pre-flop or something like that. I'm sure. You know, you got five whalers around this guy, like somebody else has got their hooks in it. You're like, let's go. Like, come on, like, plop down right on their on their deck. Don't don't let them do it to you, buddy. All right. All right so this is hand number one. Hand number one. Um hand number two we have a quarter open i have to imagine that's a reg uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, you're getting, now you're getting i, I see bit. where this is going i see yeah. where this is going it's going to be a short forehand review here um so cut off open to 25 with tens the button three bet to 100 and 1. 1.5 <laughs> big blinds with a king and a 10 of different suits the Ahab number two says, let's go with the tens. Um, and the tens hold. So round two goes to Ahab number two. <laughs> uh, we have round three here. Looks like the whale. I don't know the order of these hands because they had 3K. So probably. That that uh, tens and king ten one was the last one. That's the one that's... Uh sent moby dick home oh that was that was the end yeah. the end of his reign of terror um so okay so actually, actually given that you know that we know a little bit about the whale now right and we kind of like have this little bit of a gauge of what's going on and how whaley is uh this is the whale again with the five four of spades um opening to twenty dollars you do you just v-pip jack four offsuit here from the small blind facing a min open this from this guy or is this like do you are you still kind of playing somewhat normal out of this position? Oh, I'm not playing normal. There's no like n normal. Yeah, okay, okay, normal okay, has okay. has just died a died a death. <laughs> you know, as, normal is out the window here. Um, I probably v pip jack four off. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be hard for me not to v pip any two because there's this like just frantic run on getting in the mix versus this player that is going to be making like catastrophic post-flop mistakes. I imagine, you know, I, again, I only have two pre-flop data points, but I have to imagine that post-flop they're doing oh, yeah. similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. similar things. So, I mean, honestly, I'm probably V-pipping most hands here facing this, especially facing a mid open, right? Like, yeah, I'm like, dude, yeah, I mean, just get in there, try to flop two pair plus and have the whale jam 10 X pot on the flop return or something and yeah or just top pair and kind of see yeah, what yeah. happens right like yeah. just you can i would definitely get in the mix um ace king off in the big blind uh three bets and the four or five calls well we no jam um flop is king four deuce two clubs the reg in question bets a third ish the whale calls Turn is a nine of spades. So king nine four deuce. The whale has five four. Now third pair. Reg has ace king. Reg bet 70. Whale decides to jam. Guessing it works out poorly for them on the turn at least. And 
they get there on the river. They make fours and fives and crack ace king. So this is whale two, Ahab one. Um, yes, I think in this case, yeah, I, I would not be folding many. I would not be folding probably any two cards here. I would be sacrificing one and two big blinds all the live long day in an attempt to win 100. Uh, so we have final hand before the break. Interestingly, the whale opens to 3x. Um, yeah, this one probably won't, isn't that crazy, but just a little, eh, I guess maybe even the four bet size. You just run the preflop stuff and he just ends up four bet jamming, which is not that crazy given that he's not, you know, even 100 big blinds effective to start the hand. And he get, he opens big, so he gets three bet big. So jamming here isn't that crazy, but just falls in line of like, hey, this guy just seems to have a all in four bet size preflop if you if you three bet him yeah and i mean when you see this hand too honestly it's like wow they have a 3x open and a 2x open and the 3x open appeared to be a strong hand relative mm -hmm. to the 2x open and so mm -hmm. like that that would be another like just data point that i would kind of put in my back pocket to help yeah. me navigate moving forward yeah ace king suited here, 2x sorry yeah yeah the, the ace king here getting it getting it in free and running into queens is all, almost a funny form of a bad beat Dude, it's like a, it's like, player. it's, I'm sure he was like crestfallen when he saw you. He was like, oh my God, this is, I, I guess I'm, thank God we're flipping, but this is terrible. Like, bad beat. Bad beat. How does he not have like Jack Four here? <laughs> well, you know? you know, Moby Dick gets aces too, and Moby Dick gets king, kings and queens just as often as, as the rest of us. Um, so, you know, it's always surprising when they end up with those hands, but they, they do get them. They are allowed to get, get strong hands as well. Um, so, Long story short, for Ahab number four, um, they lose the flip to Queens. So Moby Moby Dick is now three and one against the Ahabs. And just, yeah, putting in way too much money with hands that are way too weak appears to be the, the theme here. And um, we've watched a number of Ahabs get smashed. Let's see how John does when we come back after the break in this fun little exercise on whale hunting stick around are you a lone wolf searching for the ultimate pack the cpg wolf program is a close-knit brotherhood hell-bent on one thing only chasing poker greatness Powered by Bleeding Edge Wolf Strats and led by Coach Brad and his lieutenants, CPG Wolves are systematically prepared for almost any spot they'll encounter on the green felt. If you want to plug into an elite team and have a step-by-step -step game plan to realize your full poker potential, you can apply at cpgwolves.com. Space is limited, and the pack is only as strong as its weakest member. So only the hungriest, grittiest, and most driven will be accepted into the program. Applications are open at cpgwolves.com. All right, we're back in today's whale of an episode. Um, I imagine that thumbnail editor Patrick is going to have a grand time in figuring out what, what to make here for the YouTube thumbnail. Uh, for those of you that are listening on the podcast, we, we do do a YouTube version. So head to youtube.com slash chasing poker greatness. And you can see mine and John's beautiful faces as well as listening to our beautiful voices at the same time. It might be harmful 
to some Probably people. too much for most people. You yeah, know? yeah. You know how like, yeah, like in the Old Testament when people looked upon the face of God and they <laughs> turned, turned to salt, you know? You, <laughs> you, may, you may not turn to salt. You may like taste taste something we just lost or... like a third of our listeners <laughs> <laughs> offended half of the world's population <laughs> all right all right all right um you'll probably survive but you you should definitely risk it too i don't know i don't think i did a very good pitch um i think i, I said you might you you might die if you if you look upon us on youtube but um you definitely won't die sometimes you get to watch john eat some beans and almost mm. vomit in real yeah. time, which which is always a pleasant sight. So, back to the whales. Back to the whales. <laughs> I guess like my my my. So we're gonna look at like two hands where um I got to get in there versus the whale. I think honestly, I don't think these two hands are particularly interesting. My hands were just you know way too good versus someone who's to fold versus someone who's you know playing as wildly as uh as this whale has shown us he's capable of playing. Um, before I kind of get into my two very standard hands, I, I just wanted to ask you, like, what what adjustments do you think are appropriate to make, and and are you making when you um now that you have this information, now that you have this knowledge that this guy's just going absolutely crazy preflop? One of the things that I, immediately comes to mind for me is just isoing a slightly or three betting a slightly wider value range, um, probably three betting larger, and then also obviously being really ready to um, just call off flight facing preflop jams. I mean, it didn't really, from the hands that I saw, it didn't appear as if three bet size mattered. Like when they got three bet somewhat normal or jammed. small, they just jammed yeah. anyway. So, yeah. you know, they, they did call with the four or five, but I think I would be hesitant to say that, um, you know, if they flop a four or five, they're going broke no matter what the preflop size size might be. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would probably size up preflop just out of, um, just because I think it's good with, with like my value, but I wouldn't like that. That wouldn't be probably the major thing that I would change in my preflop strategy. Um, you know, just kind of thinking about this, this situation. And it's, it's one that like, as you move down in stakes becomes like a little bit more common, um, to see, but if for the, for the listener, if you imagine that you're playing in like a, or you have access to this poker tournament, right? Um, that's set in 1982. Um, and it just has like a thousand different players from that era who are all playing in this, this giant tournament, right? Um, and you realize like, oh, wow, these guys are terrible. Like relatively speaking to today's level of player, they are really, really, really bad, right? Um, so if you have access to that kind of a game, where your ROI is massive, right? And let's assume that, you know, you've got some money, right? So you can you can put people in this game, as many people as you would want, right? To, to take as many shots at this super weak event as you possibly could. Um, I would take as many shots as I could personally that my bankroll would, would hold where I believe that I have edge, which means that I would essentially stake players of lesser ability than normal. I would put in weaker players than say I normally would in a tougher event. Um, and so like, that's sort of the, the metaphor I think that I would use to approach playing against a specific player like this. Um, they are playing a lot of hands very poorly. They are a very weak player. You have a huge opportunity 
to maximize ROI. And the way that I would go about doing that is by first in the, you know, you mentioned Jack four, what I call preflop, but Jack four, probably I would, I, I would probably deploy a bunch of weaker hands than I normally would, um, yeah. to get in action mm-hmm. just so that I could be in action, um, mm-hmm. against this specific player, just in, yeah. in the same way that like I would deploy weaker poker players to take advantage of a, an exceptionally weak field. Um, so that, that would be the primary, um, method that I would use to combat such a whale. Um, I, I think that, you know, I probably wouldn't three bet a reg, um, if they open and the whale had yet to act with maybe any part of my range, um, preflop, I would probably just flat a bunch. Um, those would be my primary preflop. And I I would never three bet like a hand that I wouldn't be willing to, to call all in with preflop either. Yeah. Like I think that's a great adjustment based on what you've seen from this guy, right? It's like, if you are going to three bet this guy, you sort of just have to be ready to call it off. If you're going to three bet fold, you you're sort of the fish now at this point, if you've, you know, if you've observed this guy just jam over and over again with all sorts of hands facing a, facing a preflop three bet. Um, Okay, so let me just like go over the the thing, the changes that you said you made. The first thing you said was probably three bet a little bit larger, maybe expand your value range by a tiny bit. But the biggest adjustment you'd make is just flatting a lot and just getting in there as much as you can versus regs, even with super weak hands like Jack Four Offsuit, um, and just get to the point where just allow them to make you know 30, 40, 50 big blind mistakes on you know on the turn or the river or something like I that. I just want a capitalize. shot. I want as yeah. many shots as possible to to snag this pot of gold. That that's mm-hmm. that's ultimately what I want. Um, and- if I have and the last thing you said, oh sorry, sorry. If the last I have thing you said, opportunities, really yeah, and my opponents each have twenty five. Realistically speaking, I'm probably going to be the one to have the best chance of realizing my opportunity. So I just want more opportunities than everybody else, or more than my fair share, basically. And the last thing that you said that um, I wanted to bring up was like just flatting, facing a reg open, right? This table is actually just freaking incredible like it's me this 995 stack reg on my right 100 percent vpip small blind 50 percent or 50 big blind stack and then the whale in the big blind. Mm-hmm. um so it's just like totally set up for me to like you know it's gonna be rare where like the reg opens and and like you know i'm gonna have an opportunity to fly it's got to be like cut off versus cut off versus button at this four-handed table um but yeah I, I see what you're saying like it just give opportunities for the whale and the fish to get in there and, and maybe just you know maybe even just like jam pre-flop facing open call or something like that so and, and um, you know I, you said something that's quite important you said like you know if if you're three betting and folding then like you're you're the fish in this game right like essentially if you're three bet and fold versus the whale who jams and mm-hmm. then like you're the fish but you know you just be surprised at the things that i see or have historically seen and continue to see regs make like the, the, mis- the things that regs do, the, the mistakes that they make where it's like, you know, villainous check raise 40 hands in a row facing C bets. And I'll see a reg C bet get check raised and fold. And like, what the hell did you think was going to happen when you see bet? You, you, you didn't realize like that this guy has check raised every bet for the past three hours straight that that has been made. Um, and like, the frequency that I that that I observe people doing these types of things is quite frankly astonishing, really. So, you know, I, I think that like first and foremost, my my thing here is like adjust quick, recognize what's going on, and then, um, you know, hard counter as quickly as you possibly can, and recognize like, oh, this this 
fish this whale is jamming for for tray off like tray four off pre like after it iso's minimum uh, okay well i'm probably not gonna fold anything if i three bet them because they're jamming such a wide range so it's like yeah any, anyway this is like i would deviate alter my strategy very very quickly and would never give anything away to this whale in that way i would never like just open the door for their strategy of jamming everything to to generate folds because it's so silly and unnecessary mm -hmm. <clears throat> last question are you doing anything to take advantage of regs in this situ in this configuration are you thinking about that at, at all like hey like i think regs are going to adjust in this way so i'm going to do this to also be able to you know hopefully eke out a little bit of extra ev than i normally would versus you know regs that maybe are isoing white or three betting bigger or, or flatting more or making the types of adjustments that we might be making does that come into your thought process at all or are you just kind of like 100 percent focused on like how do we maximize ev versus the whale everyone else is kind of just collateral i mean they're i don't it's too general of a question because the situations that can arise are too numerous um for me to just kind of answer but yeah there, there are definitely scenarios that can occur where you can take advantage of a reg right like um If there's a spot where like a, a reg three bets, right? Like say say the whale two bets and the reg three bets. Um, I'm I'm probably I, I'm never cold four betting. For instance, I would I would flat like aces and kings and yeah. ace king and queens and like all all of my value range, so that you know when the whale inevitably jams, that you know I, I have like natural traps. Like the reg can't just call with ace ten suited because. Right they've right. got to deal with me having a premium range behind them. So like mm -hmm. that, that's sort of a situation where, you know, I've already V pipped. Like I, I have a strong hand. Um, the, the whale gets an opportunity to jam and the reg acts and I I'm still left to act any sort of situation like that, that I could manufacture, I think would be, um, very good to, to exploit yeah. the reg yeah. because essentially what I'm trying to exploit is the reg widening their calling range significantly and me getting able me, me being able to get in there um with a gi ginormous equity advantage against both players um yep. in a three-way yep. pot so like that that that's something i'd be on the lookout for and, and alternatively i'd be on the lookout for a spot where you know i three bet and like the <laughs> the the alternative spot the opposite one where the fish or the whale jams and i've got a hand like ace jack suited ace 10 suited and the reg has VPIT behind me and is yet to act. I would also be exceptionally wary of that scenario and probably end up folding because of everything that I just said in, in the other way. So I do think there's opportunity to, to kind of mess with regs and to take advantage of them because like they, they have to have a strategic response, right? Facing such a player and that strategic response, mm -hmm. the most obvious one is to start getting it in preflop much, much lighter than you otherwise would. And so any scenario where, you know, can manufacture a spot where the reg's just like going to get it in lighter than usual and I can take advantage of that, I think is, is also good. Nice. Yeah, I really like that. I really like both of those adjustments. Um, so yeah, we're going to get into the two hands where I got to get in there pre-flop versus the whale. I think it, this is mostly going to be entertainment value. Um, and nice. Very little strategic value. But yeah, so for, bet, for the, for the podcast. A little bit bigger than I normally would. Yeah, for the, for the podcast listener, you heard it from John first. You're getting some entertainment in today's show, uh, unlike normal. So be sure to savor it. Um, 
<laughs> enjoy this entertainment because it's all going away by next week. Um, you have tins, like the previous yeah. guy who had tins. Yep, the previous Ahab. I was so sad when I saw what this guy had here. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So John, three bets. Moby Dick jams. John calls. Nice four or five offsuit. And John's got a fade. He's got to win his flip. Ace king of clubs. <laughs> Ace king suited. Are you kidding? <laughs> Pretty good turn Where did card you get for you. This in? Yeah. Board runs out. Queen jack deuce. Turn deuce. River jack. So John. Safe run out. Safe run out. John wins his flip, and now he covers the whale. So now they could have potentially played a gi ginormous pot, three hundred sixty big blinds, but doesn't appear as if that's going to be the case considering somebody else whacked him before. Oh, did I? Let's see here. Have some technical issues. Oh boy, I'm falling behind apart. the scenes. Behind the scenes, falling apart on YouTube. Don't look, don't look at YouTube right now, people. Seems to be a significant editing job here by Patrick. Aha, we're back. Got it. That's what happens when I try to use Poker Tracker instead of my patented Holdem Manager 2. So well, we have, I, I imagine the whale has 1500 here. Yep. It's the exact same spot as the tens, uh, just the replayer happening to put us in a different seat. Yep. Um, so whale opens to two big blinds. They're patented, not a great hand size. John. Mm -hmm. Three bets to 120 from the small blind. Big blind folds, and the whale sticks it in. They're patented all-in maneuver here for 150 big blinds. John has ace-jack of hearts. Hearts, as everybody knows, is the best of all suits, which means John always has to call with hearts. Um, they make the most flushes? Is that why? Yeah, they do. They do. Right. You have the most heart with hearts. Oh, that's, that's seems it. unlikely here, but... At least we make a pair. Yeah, so King Jack four, two diamonds. Um I mean I can't really ask for much more than middle pair. I think you you basically have them drawing dead with middle pair, I think. Oh the five. <laughs> the, the two small cards, that's that's a little concerning. You don't <laughs> want another sweating. four, a five, a three, a deuce. Uh oh, nine, you're safe. It's um, hilarious that you say that because he has <laughs> 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 Yeah, I told you. I told you. This guy. He's drawing dead on the flop, and then the five was scary. <laughs> yeah, the five was scary. Um, so villain got in tray five of clubs for 150 bigs. John speared Moby Dick. You are the ultimate Ahab here, ending 
this altercation. I guess somebody else must have gotten him, but yeah, I think he reloads and and gets caught in the king ten versus ten's hand for for the finale. And then that's it. His last last gasp. Mm. Um, well, also just for people who you know might be watching this and are tentative about playing online poker or think that it's just you know all crushers and super eggs and bots and stuff rta users uh i think there's still i think there's still some win rate to be had for, yeah. for normal people like you and me i i think i think so um and if you're looking for a place to play in the united states check out freenuffle.com you can by signing up to ignition or bovada or bodog canada you can get access to Nuffle, which is a $250 course for absolutely free. So good episode, good topic. Um, how sad were you when your Moby Dick eventually met his demise and got turned into soap? Eh, it's, it's, it's not too sad when you get him, you know, when you're the one that gets him. When you're the one that's just, just like getting, getting speared by the getting whaled by the whale or whatever and you're just you're getting stacked and you're watching all the rags just like throw a party on the sideline while you're you're desperately trying to get over 100 big blinds over and over again that's that's pretty miserable but uh being on this side of the the whale hunt is pretty sweet how how bad do you think the regs that have been battling the whale with you um that are that are at this table how, how what do you think is like the the worst curse that they placed upon you when you took all the whales money i don't know how they feel but i i yeah i i understand what you're saying like they when when this happens and i'm on the flip side especially for some reason especially when i'm playing live poker man i just like i'm just like staring daggers at the regs like or you know you're not even good at poker (laughs) you're just calling it off with ace jack and pens and like (laughs) you know just it's smashing this guy who has no idea what's going on like don't yeah I'll, i'll never forget a day at commerce when um one like over 20 buy-ins at a game versus a whale. And one of the nicest regulars that, you know, I interacted with like on a, on a daily basis at commerce. Um, when I set over, set the whale (laughs) 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 and like, uh, it was something stupid, like a thousand or 1500 big blind or 2000 big blind pot. I I don't even know how big the pot was. It was like ginormous. Um, looked, looked at me and just said, stone cold 100% serious i fucking hate you like <laughs> that, that i think that's a good representation of how pretty much everybody feels when when somebody yeah, yeah. when either you get the whale or somebody else gets it um there all those feelings of resentment and jealousy and anger and hate even from you know the the nice people who are otherwise normally nice and polite um <laughs> brings out brings out the worst greed brings out the worst in people i think <laughs> lesson here all right with that said i got nothing left wrap it up here see you next week see you next week thanks for listening to chasing poker greatness you can subscribe on apple podcasts or on your favorite podcast app Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.